0: Cup of tea tales, a trip to the pictures, the Dominion, the clock cinema, and many others. Always a great experience. As a child, one of the highlights was a trip to the cinema. My earliest memories are of going to the cinema with my grandmother at the Dominion in Chapel Allerton. There were two types of cinema visits, depending on who took me and my brothers. If it was my mum or my grandmother, then it was normally cartoons or musicals. But if it was my father, it was usually cowboys or adventure films. When we arrived at the cinema, we entered a world of wonder. There were people in uniforms and Grandma bought tickets at the foyer ticket booth. Clasping the tickets, we went up the stairs. We had them torn in half by the man or lady on guard and headed through the double doors with round windows into a strange, vast space with row upon row of seats. This was short trouser time and in fact it was shorts until the second year of roundy school. We would find a seat, not too far back, not too near the front, shuffle along to try to get to the middle and then would sit. This wasn't easy when you were little as the seats had to be pushed down before you could climb onto them. When you were sitting, the pile of the seat fabric would push into your legs And they could go a little dead if it was a long film or a double bill grandma would normally sit between my older brother and me i'm not sure if this was so she could control us better or to stop us from interacting and misbehaving anyway after a long wait and the influx of patrons the lights would dim a little and there would be 20 minutes of adverts i'm not sure if pearl and dean were advertising when i was very little but they were when I got older. I've just checked this and they started in 1953, so it would have been them. These were rather boring, but the trailers that followed showed films that would be shown in the near future, and they were much more interesting. Finally, the lights would drop to almost pitch black and the film would start. Sometimes there was a round of applause if there was a large young audience. And then we were captivated by a world of wonder and colour. Not all films were in colour, but the Disney ones were. I well remember 101 Dalmatians and the nightmares I had for years after. Cruella de Vil scared the life out of me. But even worse was the Disney film Darby O'Gill and the Little People. The banshee arriving with the ghostly carriage still haunts me to this day. I'm not sure that storytellers in the 1940s, 50s and 60s had the same concern about the emotional welfare of children that they do today. Or was it just me being a sensitive soul? Regardless of a couple of trauma-inducing parts in one or two films, my experience was mainly joyous, and Grandma seemed to love them. Afterwards, we would wearily make our way back to her house in Regent Terrace, and even more food. The Dominion closed and our trips would then be to the clock cinema. As we got older, my brother and I would sometimes go to the Saturday matinee. This was a thrill for several reasons. The first was because we went on our own, and the second was because it was a bit of a wild experience. The matinee would start with the rigid control of the male usher who would leave us in no doubt that any misbehaving would be severely dealt with and this started with the orderly queuing to pay for the tickets. There were hordes of excited children of quite a range of ages and they chatted frenetically and sometimes pushed from behind. Woe betide anyone who was caught as their afternoon excitement would end before it ever started. The usher had a memory like an elephant, and he would catch those foolish enough to attempt to enter again. A physical clip on the ear was not totally out of the question. Once we'd passed the first test and got our tickets, we entered the cinema proper. The clock was bigger than the Dominion and grander. It looked much more like a theatre than a cinema, and it was resplendent with layers of curtaining that were raised and pulled apart to reveal the screen. I believe there was even an organ that could rise up in front, but maybe that's just my wishful thinking. The noise in the cinema filled with hundreds of children was deafening and the excitement was even greater if you were on the upper level. Attendants patrolled, torches in hand, and there was no hesitation in evicting anyone who upset them in any way trips to the toilets were scrutinised to ensure that rogue children weren't allowed admission through the fire exit. We tried it a few times as we got older, but the attendants started to check the tickets of those returning from the toilets. It must have come as a great relief when the show began. There were no films of any great merit. Silent movies would be mixed with a range of cowboy films, often The Lone Ranger. Laurel and Hardy were still on the go, and I'm sure that I remember a very early, silent Batman movie. I know there was a 1926 film, The Bat, which was an inspiration for Batman, and I'm sure I remember Batman climbing onto old cars in chases. It wasn't a long walk to the Dominion in Chapel Allerton, but at a young age it seemed a very long way, particularly after one of Grandma's extremely filling dinners. My grandmother was a short, stout lady and walking always made her out of breath. The cinema dominated the corner opposite the primary school towards the next parade of shops and it was quite a majestic building. I'm unsure whether the first time was Dumbo or Fantasia, but certainly they are my first memories. They were not new films even in those days, but still firm favourites with children and adults. On later occasions, we went to see new releases before the cinema closed in 1967. Mary Poppins, 1964, and The Sound of Music, 1965 were two of the films we saw there. It was a real treat, and I don't know how much it cost her, but I know she never had a lot of spare money. No visit to the cinema would have been complete without either a Kiora orange drink in a plastic cup with a foil top butterkiss popcorn, or an ice cream tub with a small wooden spoon. I can still taste the creamy flavour of the ice cream mixed with the wooden taste of the spoon. It was only ever one of the three. The treat was normally bought during the intermission, halfway through the film or between the B-movie and the main film. A lady with a tray would march down the aisle and stand at the front whilst a queue of eager children or parents would form. The sizes of the drinks and tubs were tiny compared to what people would expect nowadays. The films always seemed to snap or melt during the most exciting parts. Great cries of anguish would erupt from the audience. The lights would come on with a slide telling us that the performance would resume as soon as possible. When this happened, the attendants went into action. An example would be made of a group and an eviction occurred and this had a calming effect on the remainder. After what seemed like a lifetime, the film would have been spliced and off we went again. The lights dimmed and applause and cheers resounded around the cinema. Eventually the show finished, and tired but still excited droves of kids left through the exits. I'm sure that the attendants heaved a sigh of relief, some needing a stiff drink as they watched us disappear. In winter, dusk would be setting in, and we would trudge up the steep hill of Upland Road to our house in Giptonwood Crescent. We did go to cinemas with my mum and my dad, but rarely together. I believe it was an opportunity for them to have some time on their own. My father developed a tradition of taking my older brother and me to the cinema on a Saturday evening. This was when my grandma would visit, and he wanted to get out of the house. The pictures we went to differed greatly from those that my grandma or mum would take us to. My dad loved an adventure film, but he would drive far and wide to find something that both he and we would enjoy. I believe at this time we had changed cars from the Ford Prefect, and it was the Ford Anglia, a blue one that we had. Cars were still very different, and there were no seatbelts, and even when they were introduced, they were only for the front seats. The outward sloping rear window of the Anglia made it unusual and the seats were quite bare and slippy. The dashboard was hard painted metal that would have provided no cushioning in the event of an accident. Dad always ensured we sat in the back and we would head off to whichever film he had chosen. We never complained or questioned his choices and we saw some wonderful adventure films at a range of cinemas. Apart from the Clock and the Dominion, we would go to the Shaftesbury, the Lyric in Armley, the Cottage Road in Headingley, the Gormont on Cookridge Street, the Hyde Park, the Lounge and even the Lyceum in Bradford. i probably missed some, but he was prepared to travel to find the right sort of films. He loved a western, but also had a passion for adventure of any sort. Sometimes it was a war film, but more so as we got a little older. Knights in Armour and historical films were some of my favourite memories, and one that stands out to me was The Vikings, filmed in 1958 with Kirk Douglas, Tony Curtis, Janet Leigh and Ernest Borgnine. I went to see this film more than once, and every time I left the cinema I was in a state of elation. I would sweep my imaginary sword, cutting the legs from attacking Vikings, thrusting and parrying the fantasy foes. My brother was similarly lost in his imagination and we must have looked a right pair following my dad back to the car. It had everything I liked, adventure, tension, the hero almost being eaten by crabs and nearly drowned. It was fantastic, brutal and wonderfully exciting. Looking back, it was probably not the best choice for a young boy, but my dad loved it and so did my brothers and I. The next big Viking saga I remember was The Longships with Sidney Poitier and Richard Widmark, released in 1964. This involved the search for a giant golden bell. Loved it. Because my father never seemed to plan these outings in advance, we would often arrive after the films had started. This didn't seem to worry him and we would just find a seat and somehow seem to pick up on what had already happened. We would watch the film to the end, stand for the national anthem and then sit back down and wait for the film to start again. We then proceeded to watch the section of the film that we'd missed. I remember the feeling of embarrassment as we entered during the movie and shuffled along rows making people stand to let us pass as we found our seats. There were often A and B films and sometimes we had to watch one and then part of the other to catch up with what we'd missed. Smoking was allowed in cinemas, and it was before the period of segregation where smokers sat on one side. The air was heavy with smoke, but it was so common that I never noticed it, apart from when the projected light would catch the smoky air as it made its way to the screen. Attitudes were very different with regard to smoking and health, but I know the damage that the smoking player's Navy cunt did to my father's health and shortened his life. Certainly things have got much better in this regard. John Wayne was another star that my father loved, and The Alamo, 1960, was another film that stood out. It was different from most of the films that we watched at the time, as the heroes died in the end. Probably my favourite film, as it had no lovey-dovey, as I used to call it, was Zulu. I would have been nine when this came out, and I had no interest in such things as romance. This film catered for the three of us and it was all action. Heroes were heroes and despite overwhelming odds they won out in the end. Michael Caine and Stanley Baker were wonderful and the film seems to have been shown on television every Christmas for many years. The reality was I loved these times and my dad seemed happy to be with us. The usual treat would be a drink, ice cream or bag of popcorn. We returned home very tired and excited, and my dad would then drop us off and take grandma back to a home in Chapel Allerton. We always behaved in the cinema, and no one would have dared to have their feet on the seats in front, and we took all our rubbish with us. Time has not improved behaviour in cinemas, where everything is just dropped on the floor. If you enjoy my tales, then you might be interested in knowing that there are two collections of them. The first, A Cup of Tea Tales, The Early Years, and the second, Another Cup of Tea, The Teenage Years. Both are available as paperback from Amazon and e-books from Kindle.